Welcome to Fireside Nets with Spen and Pete, your number one Brooklyn Nets podcast for news, reactions, opinions, and so much more. I'm Spen. He's my beautiful co-host, Pete. Beautiful. Okay. On the inside. Handsome. Handsome. Okay. Okay. I'll take it. I'll take it. Go ahead. Continue <laughs> on. A little weird being called beautiful, but okay. Listen, in this day and age, you should be able to call another man beautiful. And Pete, if you want to go to HR... I'll give you the guy's number and his email. Uh, his name is Spen Harris. His email is spenharris at uh, hrfiresidenets.com. Shoot him an email. Yeah, he's a piece of shit, so I don't like that guy anyway. That's fair. Well, you know who's not a piece of shit? The, the Brooklyn Nets as a unit. Because they have won two out of their last three games. We get to talk about two wins today and only one loss, which is nice. It's, it's a nice change of pace. I think last episode we talked about one win, two losses. So it's it's always nice for your team to have more wins than losses. Always good. Yeah, yeah of course. In the Nets case, we have the uh, same amount exact of wins and losses on the season. We're 500, 5-5. Five five. So let's get into it, Pete. Uh, let, let's talk about the game on Sunday. There's a 3 p.m. tip-off, a little weird for, for fans and players against the Wizards. Um, ugly win, but I'll take it 102-94. We beat the Washington Wizards at home for our second home win. Talk to me about some stats in this game, Pete. Horrible shooting game by both teams. Net shot 37% from the field. Same thing from the Wizards. The Wizards shot 10 of 41 from three, 24%. The Nets did a very good job also matching them, shooting 24%, 12 of 49. And uh, I, do you really want to call this a, like a basketball game? I think I've seen more competitive than this out of like a – or better shooting nights, I should say, out of like a G League game. Yeah, the Nets, the Nets were up 17 in this game. I think it was the first half. This looked like it was going to be a blowout. But the Brooklyn Nets – I'm sorry, are not going to blow out a lot of basketball teams this year. I think they're going to win a good amount of games. We're not going to see a ton of blowouts. So the Wizards crept back into this thing. Um, they outscored us, I want to say. Uh, oop, I'm getting a call. Actually, this is my wow. alarm to take my That was my alarm to take my medication. So to all the wow. fans listening out there, I'm going to have to take it in a few hours. Damn. Um, they, so here's what happened. We outscored the Wizards 30-15 to 15 in the first quarter. And I believe we were up 17 points early in the second. They outscored us 26 to 19 in the second quarter. They got back into the game. They outscored us again, 31 to 29 in the third quarter. So that's the second quarter and second quarter and the third quarter being outscored by the Wizards. Uh, and then we we outscored them by two in the fourth quarter to to take the uh, to get the W. But you know this this should have been a blowout. It wasn't. Nets were a little sloppy. Uh, this was a game where the injuries and not having Ben Simmons definitely showed. Oh, absolutely. Right. And going, you mentioned the first quarter. We thought it was going to be a blowout. Maybe possibly wizards put up 15 points. Keep this in mind. Mikel Bridges put up. Uh, let me see. I got it right over here. 12 points. He was six of 11 in the first, almost like outscoring the wizards as a team. Then they come back. The Wizards do with 26 points. And uh, I don't know. I just saw a lot of things I like. I, I didn't like personally. The shooting's down. We had a couple injuries. I don't know. It's games like this that, that kind of get me kind of get me nervous because we had Bridges. Uh, I'm going to see how many shots he took. He took 11 shots in the first. How many shots did he take in the entire game? Take a guess. 20, 29. Well, I have I have the box score in front of me, so I don't, I don't need to guess. You can't have, in a game like this, you shouldn't have your best player shooting like abysmal in the second half, not putting up all these shots that probably needed to be, like, taken. No? I, I mean, you're saying he shouldn't have shot this much. I know. I'm saying he should have. I want him to shoot. Even if he misses, like, we have guys out. Yes. Yeah. No, I, I 100% agree. Um, 11 of 29 from the field. I think 29 might have been a career high for Bridges. Two of 14 from three-point range. 
So I see a lot of people out there saying, oh, you know, you need Ben Simmons in there to get him better looks. I'm not going to argue that Ben Simmons creates, you know, he does create better looks for the, for the entire team from three-point range. Having said that, Mikhail Bridges should not go two of 14 from three. Ben four, Simmons like, or four, no Ben Simmons? Four of 11 in the second half, by the way, shooting in general. That's ridiculous. That's a tough look. We needed him to look. He stepped up in crunch time when when it when it mattered. He hit a pretty big three. Uh, he had some big steals. Finished the, the day with twenty seven and thirteen. So not a bad statistical day. But you'd like to see him hit more threes. You'd like to see him bring up those shooting percentages a little bit. I am Pete. I'm not as worried because he appears to be getting to his spots. So that for me, I like to see that, I, you know, he's getting to the mid range. He's, he's putting up threes at some point, it, you know, it has to swing the other way and he's got to start going seven of 14 from three and, and, and 20, you know, 17 of, of 28 from the field and, and, and getting these percentages above 50 because 11 to 29 overall, that's, that's rough to look at from your leading score. Now we got away with it uh, because Washington is just a terrible team. Do you know who their high man was? I mean, talk to me about Washington stats because I'm looking at their box score. It's very funny. Jesus Christ. This, this, this thing was, uh, like I said, this game was just a total mess. Uh, let me see. I got this open up right over here. I can't say this guy's name. You got to help me out here. Bilal Kalolabai? I'm going to mess up his name. I think it's, I think it's Kulabali. Coming off the bench, 34 minutes, 8 of 12, roasting the Nets. Four seven from three, and uh, we had Gillinari putting up twelve points off the bench. Uh, Denny Avija, I can't. I'm gonna mess up all these guys' names. It's, uh, it's Avija. You're good. Fourteen points, nine rebounds, and then you have uh, the tandem, the crew of Pool and Kuzma putting up twelve points and fifteen points respectfully. What do you think so, about that? <laughs> it's just incredible. So number one, Kyle Kuzma shouldn't be able to talk to Spencer Dinwiddie until these two teams play again. Dinwiddie finished with, with 12, 3, and 4. Not a great statistical night, but he got the W. And he he had, he had a huge three, I think, down the stretch, right? Dinwiddie did? Mm-hmm. I, I believe he did. Um, he had that steal. I, I know he had the steal on, on the breakaway, and he pushed the ball up. Uh, Kuzma, 4 of 16 from the field, 15 points. Shitty game for him. Um, him and Poole look like the worst super, or not superstar, but star duo <laughs> ever. Those two guys are, are abysmal together. Did you see the clip of Jordan Poole in one of those final timeouts on, on Twitter? Tell me. I didn't see Oh, it. my God, dude. It's very funny. So, Coach, I think it's uh, Coach Unseld is, is drawing up a play, and Poole is just, like, casually talking to a teammate not paying attention, a teammate that's not even dressed. And he's oh, not wow. paying attention, and one of his teammates taps him. They're like, hey, you should pay attention. He goes on and apparently, oh, I don't know if this is accurate, but he said something like, man, fuck this. Like, this is my team. I got this or something. What? So then, so then I don't, I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, but he said something along the lines of like, this is my team. He went to, he went to kind of check what the coach was drawing up and oh. it was already over. And all the guys were <laughs> getting back on the court. And there's an, there's an image of him looking behind, like trying to see what the play is. Uh-huh. And he didn't even pay attention to one of the final plays. That is just so ridiculous. I, I, do you believe this guy's an asshole? Because he comes off like an asshole sometimes. I know it doesn't have anything to do with basketball per se, but like I don't know. This is kind of ridiculous. This is kind of funny, man. He's a world champion. He played with Steph Curry. Fair. He he got his ring. You know he got paid. Do I think he's an asshole? I don't know him, but do I think he's a little bit cocky? And do I think that sometimes you know there's a there's a a line that you can cross between mm. confidence and cockiness. And I think most superstars in the NBA are extremely confident, but not a lot of them are cocky. Luka Doncic is, is to, to me, he's on that border, but he puts up 50 a night and wins. Right. So like he can, he can do things like hit a three and Ben Simmons face and, and do, do a quick, uh, you know, gun sign at him or something, a, a very casual, like, like you city, you know, if you're listening to the podcast, I'm nah, I'm talking to the people listening. I'm doing a little city slicker thing with my hand. But if, if you watch that clip, Luca did something weird with his hand to Ben. My point being, Poole is not, he's too cocky. And there's a lot of 
shacked in a fool moments with him that make you scratch your head and think, oh, I would have traded this guy for for Chris Paul in his late 30s. Absolutely. Yeah, man. You mentioned Mikel before. Uh, you mentioned the shot attempts. I still, I'm going to go back to my theory very quickly about the whole FIBA thing. So I, I was looking at some stats. Look at this, guys. So we know 83 games last year, blah, 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 FIBA. We know this. I think the guy's tired. I really think that Mikel is tired. So I went back last year, his last 10 games with the Nets, kind of when he was putting up similar numbers, like similar shot attempts and all, right? Check this out. 10 games, 37 minutes per game, taking 22 shots. He shot 44% from the field, 30% from three, and but he was still averaging 29 points. Point of all this is, I think as long as he's overworked like this, like, I, I don't know, he's going to rebound, but I think this game streak is kind of uh, to his detriment. I think maybe he might need some time off. I don't know how you feel about that. No, I'm, I'm not going to argue with you. I think it's it's a cool streak to have in terms of like over 400 straight games, you know, played, hasn't missed a game since high school. I do agree with you. Basketball is not the sport for that. Like like baseball, mm-hmm. you know, makes sense, right? Cal Ripken Jr., all those consecutive games, sick. Football, um, one game a week, right? Yeah, you put your body through hell 16, 17 times a year, plus preseason, plus playoffs, uh, but you're able to recover during the week, right? And if if you're one of those guys that's a little bit more fragile, you're not going to go hard in practice. Bridges is playing three to four games a week, traveling, you know, traveling, practice. Just you're you're right. I, I I would not hate to see him get an off day. Unfortunately, that's not how he works. Um, but yo, but what about the other side of the coin? Coming back from injury, like, what did you think about Clax? Dude, I thought Clax was awesome. I, I thought Clax looked every bit as strong as he did last season uh, did not look like he missed a step. He had that block on Kuzma. That was amazing. Sort of stared him down a little bit, got his swagger back. Post game looked great. He's working in the post with that little baby hook. He has. Um, I was extremely impressed with, with Claxton. And I thought that he actually played better uh, on against the wizards. than he looked in the first few games of the season. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, better, definitely better than the Cleveland game. Now, not the same for Cam Johnson. Uh, rough oh, shooting God. game for him. 14 points on 5 of 16 from the field. 2 of 11 from 3. It just seemed like he couldn't buy a bucket. He did He did hit a few. You know, he had that layup late. He, I think he had a 3 late. Uh, but what did you think of, of Cam Johnson's not as good return as, as Nick Claxton? Uh, I think he's maybe forcing a little bit. He's coming back. Like, let's face it. There is a rust to this and, uh, it's going to take some time for him to get back, I think, but I'm, I'm not worried at all. In the second half, he shot five of 11. Yes. Two for seven for three, but the five for like five for 11 shows, you know what? He was warming up a little bit and we're going to need him. He's going to be taking a lot of shots with everybody out. Right. Absolutely. I, I mean, look, he was averaging what? 17, 18 a game last season. Something like that. Something like that. Uh, I'll tell you this. He has a very, a very pretty jump shot in terms of like mechanics, fundamentals, how you want to see a guy, his height shoot. He shoots a a pretty ass shot. Uh, I'd like to see it go in more, but that, you know, that'll happen with time. Is it it a beautiful shot? It is. It is a gorgeous, gorgeous shot. Like if that shot was a chick, I might hit on it. Listen, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Um, I guess we got to talk about the Lonnie injury. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about that. Uh, Lonnie Walker, the fourth, who's, you know, arguably outside of Cam Thomas, has been our best scorer. I would have to say so. At least the most consistent. Most consistent, most efficient. Uh, He takes good shots. Very rarely do you see Lonnie Walker take a shot and, and you scream at the TV, ah, why did you take that shot? Dennis Smith Jr., different story, but Lonnie Walker the fourth, yeah. So he goes down uh, in that second quarter, I believe, uh, with a knee. He ended up returning. He finished uh, the game with five points. He says that, you know, this is a knee injury he's been dealing with since the second game, oh, and when yeah. he hit the deck, he reaggravated it. He wants to play. He wants to play on Tuesday night against Orlando. Uh, you know, it, it's going to be tough if we lose Lonnie Walker. This team has withstood a lot of injuries, 
but he has been our guy off the bench. He's instant offense. So yeah, it was when I, when the, the second I saw that, because what happened was he went down. I think he was okay, and then I think someone might have came down on him, and that's when I think he got hurt. So I got I got a question for you about that. Now, obviously, you just said he's very important. So do you sit him because he's so important for the team, or do you play him because he's so important to the team? Get what I'm saying? I get what you're saying. It depends on, on what you have. Uh, I know Simmons is going to be out on Tuesday. He's going to miss That's his fourth I mean. straight. So mm-hmm. if he – look, I, I'm fully in the in the camp of let the player decide. Now, obviously, mm. sometimes you have to stop the player from hurting himself, but I, I think Lonnie Walker, you know, he seems like an intelligent dude. I think he would trust his body, and I don't think he would he would push it if he didn't think he can really go. So – I'd like to see him out there, but at the same time, I understand uh, if he and the Nets want to be cautious and, and take a night or two off. That's fair. That's fair. Overall, uh, like I said, not really happy with the win, but a win is a win. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the, the one promising thing, I, I think, from this game, Pete, is we showed poise late, right? The The Wizards took a lead. They did. They Listen, they took a lead 92 to 87 with about – Five minutes left, six minutes left. The Nets went on a 10-0 run, and the score was 97-82. to That is fourth quarter poise. However you want to look at it, whoever your opponent is, look, we can only play who's on our schedule. So as much of a joke as the Wizards are, the Nets were able to go on that 10-0 swing, and they didn't look back. Is it poise when you're supposed to beat the team? I guess, I guess so. And that's the difference between teams that win and lose. They're able to be in these type of games and pull it out rather than choke. So I, I guess I agree with you. Over, I want to see a little bit more. But then again, I'm being very pushy here. A lot of guys out, right? That's what it comes down to, maybe? Yeah, I, a win's a win. And, you know, as if the game's close in the fourth and you're able to, to hold on or, or, or take the lead, we didn't make mistakes down the stretch. They made mistakes. We got turnovers. Uh, Dinwiddie had a, a steal. Mikhail had a steal. Cam Johnson had a bucket. We did what we needed to do, and we won this game. Look, the same way the Celtics beat us in that first game where we were in the game for three and a half quarters and then they pulled away in the fourth, mm-hmm. it, it, that kind of seemed to be the case in this game. Mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll take it. I'm cool with it. All right, we move on. We go all the way back to uh, to our first home win of the season, Pete. Nets 100, Clippers 93. This was a great game for so many reasons. So many things happened in this game that just made me jolt with excitement. But no, no, I want want to get into the stats first. So give me some box score stuff. Get me excited, and then I'm going to get into it. All right. Let me me just open this up, my dear friend. So Nets 193, of course, uh, down early in in the first, in the second. Close game. I think the biggest lead the Nets had were 10. They wanted to make it a huge comeback, and we wound up pulling it out. But most importantly, we had our buddy James Harden coming back to Brooklyn. Maybe, I guess it's, no, it's his, was his second game as a Clipper? Yeah, his second game as a Clipper, I believe. Shooting four of nine, only 12 points. 12 points, taking only nine shots. The system, what do you think about all that? So there were three plays that made James Harden look so stupid in this game. And I'm not trying to be a jerk here. Like they were terrible plays. And as a a player who refers to himself as the system, as a guy who is a multiple all-star, one of the best players in this league, uh, you don't make those plays. Number one, him throwing the ball to Ian Eagle as Ian Eagle was announcing doing the play-by-play, and he goes, up, oh, it's coming over here, and he literally caught James Harden's ball. That was number one. Number two, the Mikhail Bridges block on James Harden. It was a, it was a jump shot, uh, and he blocked it, and it was, it was just amazing. You rarely see guys in the NBA get a jump shot blocked by someone who's not Victor Webanyama. And uh, the, the fact that Mikhail got there was insane. And then the third play, and this is my favorite one, Pete, and I know this this got you out of your chair. You were going nuts. Dennis, Dennis Smith Jr. guarding Harden. Harden's trying to post him up. 
Smith Jr. pokes the ball out, steals it from Harden. Dayron Sharp down the other end and one layup. Huge swinging point in the game. James Harden is supposed to be one of the best ball handlers of our generation. He should not be having his pocket picked by Dennis Smith Jr. And I know Dennis Smith Jr. is a really good defender. Those three plays, it made him look so bad. Like you said, finished with 12 points, did nothing in this game. Just just an awesome, awesome win over a former Brooklyn Net. Yeah, man. The second half, the Clippers scored 22 points in the third and fourth. They wound up shooting 40% in, uh, in the second half. Uh, but like, well, what else can I say? These guys, the guys came through in a, a game that, I don't know, I thought was going to be pretty tough, right? Is that fair to say? That uh, coming into the game, it looked like we might lose? Well, if you're the Clippers and, and you're James Harden, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, mm-hmm. and Russell Westbrook, and you look at the the you know the opposition and you're, oh, they got Mikael Bridges. Okay, Cam Thomas is on a roll. They got Cam Thomas. Claxton's out. Simmons is out. Uh, we should win this game. That that was definitely the Clippers mentality. Oh, but you know, and even listen to this. I don't think we should win a game that Bridges shoots four of eleven, scoring only like ten points. Right? Like, like let's be honest. That's yeah, tough. Our but leading Pete. scorer, Lonnie Walker, put up twenty-one points, eight of sixteen. But listen, ten points from Bridges. That's and we still won. That's that's pretty good, man. That's pretty good. <laughs> ten points, eight rebounds, seven assists from Bridges. Yes, he had a bad shooting night, but. The old man in the three, that's JJ Reddick's podcast. They posted a question today. And the question was, give me your hot takes, right? And my hot take was the Brooklyn Nets are the deepest team in the NBA. You might be right. They might not be the most top heavy. I think I say this every single fucking episode. You do. And I don't apologize for my language because I hate repeating myself. I do, right? I I say say certain things over and over again. But the fact that what Pete just said, think about that. We won this game by seven points. Our best or our supposed best player had 10 points. Our best scorer went down with an ankle injury, Cam Thomas. That was the only bad news from this game. He was on a roll. He had 14 points. He gets hurt. I think it was early in the third quarter. He steps on P.J. Tucker's ankle or or foot, sprains his left ankle, boom, out for the game. So you have Mikhail Bridges having, having a tough, tough night. You have Cam Thomas going down. But look at the scoring from everybody else. Pete mentioned 21 points from Lonnie Walker, 11 points and 10 rebounds from Dayron Sharp off the bench. Dude. He was, bro, ridiculous Dude. in that fourth quarter. Just because it's funny. He had some bonehead moments early in this game. He mm. came in and, and I was like, where's Harry Giles? Get me Harry Giles the third. I want to see HG triple Roman numeral sign. I want to see him in there. And Dayron Sharp, man, he shut my ass up. And he he played big boy basketball. He banged down low. He he had some some huge buckets. Uh, really strong performance from him. Trendon Watford, nine points off the bench. He continues to impress. He is a guy that should not see G League time. Absolutely. It's, it's ridiculous. Dude, he's an NBA player. Why the Blazers let him walk? No idea. But he is a legit guy off the bench. I do know why, actually. It was a roster crunch, supposedly as part of uh part of the uh, uh what do you call it? the Dame deal. Uh did I mention who Watford reminds me of last last episode? I don't think so. Go ahead. Fill me in. Kyle Kyle Anderson. Mm. I guess I can see that. I can see what you're saying. He slows the game down, he plays at his own pace, he can really score anywhere inside the three-point line. He is able to hit down the occasional three. He was one of two from beyond the arc, and he's smart. His IQ is very high, so I I, I like his game a lot. Mm. Good. I, I feel like he's good, but there's a ceiling to here, a ceiling to him. But I, I, a master of none, but really good at everything. That, I think that's the best way to describe Watford, and I think he should be getting more minutes. I think it's a shame he doesn't get more. I 100% agree with you. Um other guys in this game, Dinwiddie had seven points. So I think I got this game confused with Washington. I don't think Dinwiddie had a big three in the Washington game. He no, you're right. I, had, I meant to correct you. He did not. I mean, you flipped he, it up. He definitely had a big three in this game. Although he finished with seven points. Again, a weird, no, a weird night from Dinwiddie. Well. And then who else? You had 12 and 12 from Dorian Finney-Smith and, and Royce O'Neal. Eight, three, eight out of 16 between the two of them. They were both four of eight. 
and they basically almost had 10 rebound nights. Dorian Finney-Smith finished with nine rebounds. Mm-hmm. So just just a, just a really good game from the Nets. And and this was a game in which, you know, they they kept their poise in the fourth this quarter. This is the poise game. This is the poise game I'm looking I, for. I think if you win a close game in the fourth, it stands for poise, right? I, like I, said, I would give it to you. I would give it to you. I would. You, you, you like how they closed me? out the yeah? What, what bothered you, Pete? Tell me. No, no, no I got nothing. Is that you you have the the Wizards game? What in uh? What do you call? What what do they shoot? I I said it before, like in the forty percent or so, something like that. And then you have another game back to back. It shows that maybe, you know, that there are some issues, especially with starters being out. That uh, that Bridges can't carry, can't carry. I don't know. Maybe it's a team thing. I, don't, I just didn't like having back-to-back games like that. It, it scares me after last season. That's the point I'm trying to make. Well, technically, it wasn't back-to-back because we had the Celtics in between. Oh, that's right. Yeah, because you put it in this order. That's why you confused me, messed me up. Right. Go ahead. Okay, I'm not I'll tell you, No, you're good. I'll tell you this. I understand, you know, your, I guess, skepticism when mm-hmm. we're down Cam Thomas. And Royce O'Neal and Dorian Finney-Smith – they do a great job of stepping up when they're needed to. I agree. Absolutely. So I, I give them a lot of credit. Um, all right, over the right. long term, though, over the long term, I don't know how sustainable it is. But for right now, we're cool. We'll get into that other stuff later, If you know, how long it'll last. Yeah, I mean, look, based on what you said, and, and I'm going to use a metaphor here and tell me if I'm, if I'm correct. Oh, let me hear. We, have, we have a nice ship, right, like a pirate ship. But – we keep getting holes in the ship and patching them up. And you're saying eventually water's going to come in one of those patches and we're going to lose to the wizards by 50. That maybe not by 50, but yeah, you're yeah. Right. That's my, that's my take. You can only, you can only, uh, you can only put so many patches of, of tape on the ship before, before water comes in. So I, I, I get that. Uh, we do have to get to this, this Celtics loss. It was our second in-season tournament basketball game, so we are one and one. Uh, my first question is, what did you think of the Boston court? Uh, I loved the Chicago court. Hated the Boston court. That shit is ugly. I, I don't know, man. I, I I can't believe they used that court. Uh, I don't know, man. I I, I just hate it. That's how much I hate it. It's just so gross. Please don't say you liked it. I loved it. Oh God, dude, that Celtics green. What's wrong with oh. you? Well, green happens to be my favorite color. That's horrible favorite color. And uh, I don't know, man. Boston, you know, I, I oh. went to school at UMass. I I don't like the Celtics at all, but you can't think of the the, the state of Massachusetts without that without that green. So uh, I, I liked it. I would have liked the lighter green personally, but that's uh, that, that's just me. Didn't really what color the floor was because we got our ass kicked. Uh, this was our first wire to wire loss. Essentially, I don't I don't know if it was wire to wire, but it felt that way. At no point, Pete, did it feel like we were going to make a run in this game and somehow defeat this ridiculous, you know, four of Tatum, Zingus, Jalen Brown, and Andrew Holiday. Uh, no, you were completely wrong. It was not wire to wire. The Nets had a one point lead twice early in the first quarter. So it was not wire to wire, sir. And uh, Boston's largest lead was 24 points. And it was, they were tied three times, I guess, but, uh, not after the second quarter. So besides the first, yeah, it was, uh, it was the disaster. Complete disaster. I like how, I like how you didn't just tell me I was wrong. You had to tell me I was completely wrong. Of, Of course. Yeah. I'd add in the it's detail. Like, it's, it's like getting a grade back on a test and, <laughs> and you know, not, you didn't fail. You completely failed. I like that. That's, yeah. Yeah. You, you, you gotta, you're doing a podcast here, bro. Be professional. Get yeah. It's funny. Here. Cause, cause you know, uh field goal percentage wise, we basically shot the same. The difference in this game was Jalen Brown and, and Jason Tatum just got whatever they wanted. Uh, Brown finished with 28, 10 of 19 from the field, five of nine from three. Tatum had 23 points, 10 rebounds in this one. Uh, and, and then, the you know, the Celtics bench is one of the worst benches in the league. They came in. They had a day against us. Hauser had 15 points. I don't know if it is, but that seems like a season high for him. 
Pritchard, who's been terrible this season so far, he came in, he gave him 13 points. Him and Dennis Smith Jr. were talking some shit at the end of the game, which I, I give DSJ a lot of credit for that. I, I actually like guys that talk shit when they're losing. I'm okay with it, but uh, I think where the Nets really got killed was the second chance points. Boston took that 29 to 5. So that talking about completely, you know, being wrong or disastrous. That I, I I guess you could say that's where the game was won and lost. If there was gonna be a chance, you can't allow Boston to have that many second chance points. Uh they that's only had 13 fast break points. I think they're averaging a lot more. But uh I don't know. It comes out to talent. It's talent, right? It's a talent league and Nets aren't ready for the for the Celtics. I liked how we competed in that first game better than this game. Yeah, I'll, I'll be fl- like, like we we were in that game and they took control in the fourth. This game we were really, I just don't think we we were really ever in. Um, and I'll say this, Pete, in terms of my, you know, lowest sort of, I don't know, regard for Mikhail Bridges. I was very very disappointed in his performance in this game. He he did nothing, you know, like in a game. You, we all know who Jason Tatum is. We all know who Jalen Brown is. These are two of the you know top 25 players in the league. Tatum's a, a bona fide MVP candidate every year. This is a chance for Mikhail to be like, hey, I can be close to this tier, if not in this tier, in that top 25, top 30 range. I'm, I want him to take that step. He, he has not taken that step. He has not. He, 12 points in this game, four, 11, 4 of 11 from the field in 28 minutes, 1 of 6 from 3. Just he couldn't get anything going. You know, the, the fact that Trendon Watford and, and, and Dennis Smith Jr. and Lonnie Walker all finished with more points than him, I don't like to see that. No, not at all. <clears throat> I was uh, looking at the other game. What was it? Uh, not the Wizards game. The Clippers game. He put up low points. Another game of low points. And it's making me think that, uh, I don't know, man, what with, with Bridges. Did we put too much hype on him? No, because we saw him average 27 points a game last season. So we saw I guess, it. Man. It's tough. Though. I, I, so what's what's wrong here? Do you think something's wrong? I don't know. I feel like something's up. Like an injury or a mental thing? I think injury. I, I, I It's tough watching him play because it looks like he's doing the same things he was doing last year. Is it fatigue? I'm really not sure. But um, I'm not. Ha- I'm really not happy so far. I feel like Cam Thomas, when you know, obviously he's hurt. When he comes back, should have the reins at this point. I really yeah. Do. Listen, I I mean, hundred percent. I don't think you're gonna you're gonna get too many uh, people who are gonna argue that point. He's been the more consistent scorer through ten games. Um, do I think something's missing for Mikhail Bridges? I I just think that I don't think he's hurt. I think it's a little bit forced a lot of what he's trying to do. I don't think it's coming naturally to him. Uh, the one thing I'd like to see him do is, is play a little bit more off the ball coming off screens. But when he does have the ball, I'd like him to clean up his handle a little bit. I think he's been a little bit sloppy with the ball, a few turnovers a night. Mm. I want to see him cut those down. Um, shout out to Ian Cart. Ian writes in, in the chat, we'll be playing Boston twice late in February on a back-to-back. Yikes. Uh, and talking about the 11 shots, why do you think he takes 11 shots? Is it because it's there's a blowout? You want to rest him? He's tired, you know, or, or is it that he's, you know, just kind of conceding the ball? I think that's another issue you have to look at. Is it strategic, planned, or just like, eh? Uh, so it's a good question. I think that it's strategic, and you know, Dinwiddie was talking about this the other night and he said that the cool thing about this team is whoever has it going will get the ball. They don't, you know, outside of Cam Thomas, who's now he's hurt. They don't have a closer. Mikhail Bridges has not shown, Hey, I'm the closer in, in, in both those games, the Clippers win in the wizards game. It's not like he had the ball four possessions in a row and scored eight straight points, right? He's not like that. So, this Nets team, when when Cam Thomas isn't like give me the ball and get the f out the way, it is very kind of like all right, Dinwiddie, you got you just hit a three, go go take the ball down the lane. 
Cam Johnson, you you hit a layup. All right, your ball again. Royce O'Neal, you hit back-to-back threes. That's kind of how this offense mm-hmm. vibes. So You're it, right. I, I don't totally think it's crazy for Mikhail not to have more shots than everybody else on the team. Yeah, <clears throat> I do have to say to add some context, fourth quarter, I think he played like a minute. Obviously, he's not going to get a shot off. Third quarter, he did play 10 minutes, four shots. Two of them are threes. But point of that is, if you're going to put him in the game, and this is supposed to be your guy, why not let him shoot more? If he's if he's not going to shoot, then take him out. Why risk yeah. right? Like, rest the guy. I don't get that. It's a little confusing to me. Yeah. And, the, and it, you know, if he had like nine, ten assists, it'd be different. He had one assist. Exactly. Um, I do got to call out Lonnie Walker, the fourth. 20 oh. points in, in 20 minutes. He is a fucking bucket. And what I love about this guy and the fact that he's just killing it, the Lakers looked at their roster at the end of, you know, in the offseason, and they said, Austin Reeves, you're going to get the bag. Lonnie Walker, the fourth. Sorry. Just we don't have room for you. Bye bye. And he has been better than Austin Reeves on a nightly basis so far. I've just been so impressed. It seems like every time he has the ball in his hands, he makes the right basketball play, which usually results in in him scoring uh, a bucket pretty smoothly. I think I, I think I could answer per se why why that that happened or whatever. Just looking at the Lakers last year, I'm going to use a, a sample size of his first. Uh, let me see. I had it over here. I think his first. How many games has he played? I think he played ten games so far. No, he sat the first game, so he played nine games. Yeah, so his first 10 games last year, 10 games, obviously, 31 minutes per game. He was taking 12 shots a game. He shot 45% from the field, but 31% from three, right? There's a level that that he's hitting right now that I don't know is sustainable. There is going to be a valley to this peak, and, you know, we'll see what happens when he comes back from injury. I hope I'm wrong. I've been saying this a lot. I know I'm paying the ass with this, but I'm just saying, like, guys, he's gonna maybe he is better, but uh, let's relax a little bit. But he should be it. taking the shots until otherwise, proven otherwise. I get it, Pete. Every every Jekyll needs their hide. Mm-hmm. The one cool thing to come out of this game, by the way, which I was like outside of the Lonnie Walker 20 points uh, in 20 minutes, Harry Giles garbage time. Seven points in six minutes, three or three from the field. I think he had a dunk. He hit a three-pointer. That was nice. It was nice to see him finally get some run. I was kind of waiting. I was like, when is, is Jacques Vaughn going to show us Harry Giles the third? He has a roster spot. You know, he beat out Darius Baisley for a roster spot. I want to see this guy get on the court a little bit more. Can he play power forward? Because Nets Daly was talking about, oh, you know, he may not be the center always. He can play power forward. But yet we've yet to see that. So. Uh, there's been situations that we need a power forward. Why not use him there? At least to try it out. No? I, he looks competent. I would 100% do it. I'm excited to see where he goes. I really am. I think he should be getting more minutes. Uh, I, I don't know. The whole day-day versus Giles thing is something that needs to play itself out sooner than later, in my opinion. We're going we're gonna to circle back to that. A little bit later in the podcast. Um, anything else on the Celtics game Pete, nope. before I move Let on? Out. All right. So, as I mentioned in the beginning of the show, the Nets are 500, 5 and 5. Uh, we have been hit with the injury bug this year. That's kind of the same as, as the last few seasons. Pete, are we worried about Ben Simmons missing multiple games? This will be his fourth straight game missed uh, in Orlando. Uh, yeah, I'm nervous. I'm definitely nervous. There's a guy that has injury issues. And we talked about in the season preview, how many games is this gonna is this guy gonna play? I hope it's just a flare-up. You hope that he could just bounce back from this. But back injuries are bitches, man. Uh, are you concerned at all? And do you think he comes back soon? I kind of feel like there's a secretive type of thing of like uh I like I don't know, they're very uh loose with the information with him. I am not concerned because the Nets are winning without him a little bit. So that's number one. If we had just lost every game, yeah, I'd, I'd be freaking out. But take his time. You know, look, this team functions better with Ben Simmons on the floor. This team functions 
okay without him, right? We, we've seen the team without Ben Simmons. It was the team last season. So uh, I, I'm not as, like, I'm not freaking out. I would like him to mess, miss less than, like, six, seven games in a row. I think that's a lot. Two weeks, but, say. Yeah, that, that's, again, I saw it was a left hip contusion is the injury I saw. So, that, you know, mm-hmm. I'm hoping it's just a stinger. Um, I'm not as concerned. I'm happy what about uh? No, I'm I'm all listen. Like I said, Jekyll Hyde, we got it. We got to balance each other out a little bit, and we're yeah. we're allowed to feel how we feel. But I think naturally we we tend to feel differently. Balance is better. What'd you say? I said balance is better. We balance, balance each other out with this type. Balance of is better, right? Like I think you're a beautiful man. You'll never say the same to me. It's yeah, you're handsome, I've accepted though. that. Mm, I don't hand the word handsome's a cop out. <laughs> uh, Cam Thomas out. Two weeks since the the left uh, the left ankle sprain. When you saw that, did you think it was really bad? And by the way, he's going to be reevaluated in two weeks, which is the Nets' way of saying he probably is going to be out three to four weeks. Uh, yeah, I, I was very nervous because the ankle is just such a important like thing for a basketball player. The way that he landed on it, the way he reacted, man, your mind just starts thinking, man, is he going to be out for the year? You start, you know, it's impossible not to think about stuff like that. And uh, I'm very concerned. Um, how could you not be concerned? Please t- uh, please say we, we agree here. Well, we, we agree. But at the end of the day, it's an ankle sprain. You don't need surgery from an ankle sprain. He didn't break his ankle. He sprained it pretty badly. I, I sprained my ankle a few months ago. I was out a month. Okay. And I am not on a professional athlete's Spence? health regimen. I am the yeah. king of I am the king of sprains. I had ten sprains when I was in high school one year. My my my, my ankle was being held together by a piece of tape. So let was, me tell was, you, I I had was, crutches. Was at that time. the same same week? Yes. No, not the same week. In the same <laughs> same school year. So I, whatever you want to say about that, like over like a ten month span, it was it was horrible. Besides that, uh, it's tough when you're playing all these games. He's running. He's jumping on it. I just hope that his body doesn't overcompensate when you you know when you have an injury what tends to happen your body tries to overcompensate overcompensate for that injury so maybe his shot uh, gets affected a little bit and he's such you know such on a good roll you would hate to see anything kind of stop him or slow him down right it sucks you're going to think I'm crazy for saying this and I, I just yes, don't you are so will the rest of the audience cam thomas is a thick boy you agree? I guess I, that's nothing. You're going wild here, but sure, okay. Thick boys heal quickly. That. I do, I do. Thick boys heal quickly. All right, we 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 heal. It, we got a lot of meat. You know, he'll be fine. I'm telling you, he's gonna he's gonna work out. He, I saw he had the little uh the the scooter thing that he had his knee on. Um, he's going to be good to go. Don't we have a great foot doctor, Ian Cart? Shout out to uh, Ian Cart. He's our top commenter right now on our YouTube page. He said, don't we have a great foot doctor? I, I, I would hope so. I think we do. I think it's for the surgeries. And I, I don't think this is a surgery situation. O'Malley does the surgeries uh, for the hospital of uh, with a special or whatever. I messed that one up. But, uh, but yeah, I, he's I would, very good with surgeries. I would like for the to hospital that for special name. surgeries. That's what it is. Hospital for special surgeries. That's all I know. Shout out to her. But um, I would, I would like to think our foot doctor's got to be good too, right? Of course, yeah. These guys are the top notch. But what my issue is about this: when does he come back? Is it going to be actually two weeks, like you said, that he's going to be reevaluated? I think it's December. I'm going to say that like mid December, and uh, I'll be happy with that. I, I hope that that'll stay. If he can't come, obviously, if he can't come back sooner. Uh, yeah, the well, two things. Number one, back to the foot thing. Who, who, and you know, everyone in Brooklyn loves feet, so we're gonna have a good foot doctor. Yeah, no, that's everyone in Brooklyn. That's a thing. Okay, not for me, bro. But okay, I've heard. Listen, it's what they say. Um, number two. Okay. (laughs) Number (laughs) number two. Uh, when the yeah, the we saw this play out with KD last year. We'll be reevaluated in two weeks. So we're going to tell him in two weeks, you need like a week and a half, two more weeks. So we're, we're going to see him. If he sprained his ankle, what, like six days ago now, five days ago, we'll, we'll see him early December. He's too important, right? He's, he's too important to play around. 
Yeah. In his absence, we've seen Dennis Smith Jr. getting a lot of runtime at that backup point. Do we like that? Coming into the season, I would have said yes. Now, no. Uh, the offense, the I don't know if it's the offense or the style, doesn't mesh. I like him on a defense only type of type of thing. Five minutes a game, ten minutes a game. That's it. I don't want any extra burn. What bothers me about him is he's so he's a tenacious defender. He can push the ball oh, and offense offensively. He's not bad and he's tough. I, I do like that. He's not going to back down from anyone. It, multiple times I've seen him drawn at the other team. I love that. Mm-hmm. He gets too trigger happy in in terms of he puts up too many shots. He's and still I'm talking by the way. But keep that in mind. Dennis Smith Jr. Right. Yes, I don't still hurt. I, I believe you. I don't like the plays where. You know, he brings up the ball, nobody else touches it, and he puts up a shot. Even if he makes that, that's not a good offensive sequence. If Lonnie Walker's in the ball game, he needs to touch it. Royce needs to touch it. Dayron needs to touch it. Move the ball around. If you if you miss on a catch and three, I'm okay with that. Or if you miss on on you know uh, a dribble drive, you have to step back. You miss on a mid range shot, and the shot clock's winding down. That's fine. You're not a guy who should bring up the ball and try to take your man one-on-one multiple times in the game. That that Pete bothers me. Oh, absolutely. He's not in the game to, to play offense, per se. I'm sure you know what I mean. And uh, it's tough when guys are out. Obviously, someone has to get the minutes. I'm very happy with this skill. He, uh, last year, at least he showed this, that he had a very high drive-to-assist rate. So basically, he was one of the top guys in the NBA. He drives, and he gets an assist out of it. And I think that's it's all fine and dandy, but uh, teams have to be nervous of you driving. That's that's a really nice way of saying pass the basketball. Uh, yeah, in, in that Celtics game where you said that Mikhail Bridges shot the ball 11 times, Dennis Smith Jr. shot it 10 times. See, you uh, can't have that. Oh, my God. That's, that's, a lot of, that's a lot of shots. Looking at the Clippers game, I don't think he played enough. Oh, he played 25 minutes. He got up seven shots. Again, that's only four away from Mikhail. Uh, that night, no, he he shot more than Trendon Watford that night. Watford only took six shots. And then we're gonna look at this uh, this Wizards game because now I'm just I'm just curious. So we said seven shots, ten shots, and in this Wizards game, he got off only four shots. He played 19 minutes. So he actually controlled himself in this game. He was two of two from three, two of four from the field. Hmm. And it's funny because he's taken a couple three-pointers that uh, coming into the year, I would have been like, no, 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 no. But it, it splashes. Like, that that's the missing part of his game. And sometimes he makes a nice shot. It's just, I don't know what's wrong there. You know, I, I'll tell you what's wrong. He doesn't have the explosiveness. He's still recovering. And I'd like to see him at 100% health. That's I think that's all I could say. And you're right, he's taking too many shots. I'm gonna disagree with you on the explosiveness. Well, I think horrible. that's I think that's the biggest part of his game. I think when you see him take these mid-range shots and these threes off the dribble, he was never really great at that. When he was in Dallas coming up, he was known for dunking the basketball. And in Charlotte, uh, you know, we looked at his numbers coming into this year, he was not a great three-point shooter or a great mid-range shooter. So for me, if he's going to go to the rack and attack and get the foul and finish around the rim, I like to see that. He he kind of plays, you know, he's taller than him, but he, he has a Nate Robinson element to his game, right? I, you know what? I, I see what you said there. And uh, if you had to take a guess of Dennis Smith Jr.'s three-point percentage this year, what, what, what do you think it would be? 25%. 37%. All right. All right. And you know why? why you know why, Pete? Because his misses are so bad. That's what it is. That's what it is. He like some it. dudes, he just clanks them. Uh, and also they're like timely. Like we'll, we'll be going on a five-point run and, and he'll miss a three off the, the back iron. And yeah, terrible. Uh, but that's that's surprising. Shout out to Dennis Smith Jr. 37% from three is not bad. Absolutely. All right, Pete. And then finally, this last little team update uh, before we have our closing segment, Derek Whitehead is coming. All right. He's, he's playing for the Long Island Nets right now. He did not shoot well in the first game, but we, we both know it's a process. This is a guy who, if he's able to get right 
and 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 start to really produce for for the G League Nets affiliate, he could see some time in Brooklyn this season. Oh, absolutely. Guys, remember he was coming off a of surgery going into Duke. Now we're doing it again. He's going to be I I I don't know. What do you want to give him a month before we start taking all this seriously and like really looking at the numbers and really dissecting the game? Yeah. Yeah, I would say I'm ready uh, for it though. I mean, look, if Cam Thomas is going to miss more than two weeks, I would say bring him back before December or bring him in before December. Crazy. Before December in two weeks? That'd be, that's like now. Bring him in now. I want to see what he's got. <laughs> Don't crazy, hold him back. Man. I'm excited, though. I'm excited yeah. for Dariq Whitehead. Uh, everyone who, who's been around him says that he's just, he seems like a consummate professional and he's got a, he's got a lot of potential to be a great player. And most importantly, keep in mind the capper. Gave him the, the you know the the cosign. He did. He gave him uh he gave him the stamp of approval. All right. One more segment, Pete. I know it's getting late. It's it's late on a Monday night. You're you're giggly. I'm giggly. You're beautiful. I'm not. But uh I wanna I wanted to talk about I wanted to do this little segment. It's called Ideas for the Nets Marketing Team. So we all know that some people in the Brooklyn Nets organization listen to this show. And Pete, I'm not even kidding there. If you're listening, you're, you're, you're great at your job, especially this is specifically to the marketing team. You're great at your jobs. But two guys who have been you know, close to the franchise for a long time, we, we just have some, some thoughts on how you can make it better. Mm. Explain. You explain yours first. I want to think about mine. All right. So I think that would be a great idea to get a Nets alumni game. You get – old Nets players, right? You get a team of like Jay Kidd, Vince Carter, Richard Jefferson, Jason Collins, maybe call up Aaron Williams, start him. Cause I, I feel like Kenya Martin wouldn't want to come back. Uh, and you have them go up against the current team. And I just want to see that. Current happen. Team, what? <laughs> yeah. I want to see that. I want to see that happen for like an hour and a half. The current team. Yeah. All right. Maybe put them up against the G league Nets, but I want to see them compete. Oh, you want what, like me to no, get? What, what can they play each other? Or oh, what about the big three? Like some big three type shit? Would you like that? I kind of would like that. What do you mean big three? Explain. You oh, know, you just mean like get all the former yeah. Nets to play like? Yeah. What do you think about that? No. I wouldn't hate that. I just want to. I want to see them go up against the current team. Why? You want them to get someone, the old man, to get hurt or some yeah. shit? You I mean, I want to see if. On? No, I want to see if RJ and VC can still do it. I want to see if kids still got it. Obviously, I they can. See, I want to see if like Vince Carter could like take Mikael Bridges. I don't. I, I definitely think that VC could posterize him, though. All right. No. I mean, wait, listen. That's that. No, absolutely. VC would dunk all over every net. VC would dunk all over Claxton, and Claxton would have to just eat it. Mm. Hot hot take. I think uh, I think oh, Aaron Williams. Aaron Williams would body Claxton down low. Oh, absolutely. Front of the show. Come on. Come on. That man is a god. Nah, he's just a th- he was thick, bro. He was he was freaking hey, stop calling guys thick. He was hard to move, bro. No, I mean like muscular. Like he was thick, muscular. Aaron Williams knows what's up. He's he's a recurring guest on the pod. Uh, but no, I think he'd he'd box the shit out of Claxton. Well, that, like I said, that man is a god. But uh, you know what? What I would, what I'd love to see, uh, this has been done before, I guess. But I would really love if the Nets tapped into the whole Brooklyn Dodgers culture thing and like bring back Blue Knight. You know, maybe not for like a, I don't know for a whole two, three years sort of thing. But once in a while, you bring back the blue jersey, something similar. Uh, the story with the whole Brooklyn font that we everybody knows. It's actually owned by the Los Angeles Dodgers formerly the Brooklyn Dodgers, and they don't let anybody use it. That's why the Nets have not used it. But I would have liked to see something like the old uh, Brooklyn Blue Knight jersey. No sleeves, though. What do you think about that? I like that idea. Pete, have you ever been to a Brooklyn Dodgers game? Absolutely not. But I wish I could. My dad did. I was. I was there. How? Tell me. What was the atmosphere like? Well, I have this like machine, and it time travels. And I never really told anybody it? about it. But no, no, no. But like I used it and I went back to early 50s and I watched the Brooklyn Dodgers play. If you could do that, could you go back to to, you know, to 2021 and 
move KD's foot back a little bit. You're you're not allowed to alter anything in the timeline. Well, that's what's like the fun of that? You just have to go. You're like a ghost, kind of. That's how it works. Anyway, yeah. uh, I like that idea a lot. I, I think that'd be sick. Um, <laughs> stupid Thanks. question, but like, what is a Dodger? Okay, a Dodger is it's a uh, New York Brooklyn used to have trolleys, right? Like in San Francisco. And the trolley Dodgers, Brooklyn Dodgers, the trolley Dodgers. That's how it came out through. I'm a historian here, bro. I know everything. That is a soundbite. If if I'd like, I'd like everyone in the podcast universe to. I literally didn't know something, and Pete just fucking explained it to me, and I'm a little bit smarter today. Thank you. You're welcome, bro. You know I do a lot here. I would like that a lot. Uh, honestly, so if I had to bring back any jersey, and again, marketing team, please listen up. The early 2000s jerseys, those like dark blue red Nets jerseys with the stripes. Those are fire. The stripes? What do you mean? I don't, maybe not the stripes. What do you well, mean? The rookie jersey? What do you mean? What era? I don't know. Tell me out here. I think the early 2000s. Well, there were the gray jerseys. Yeah, the gray and they're just the regular road. Regular road. Oh, I'm thinking of the yeah, red and the white. The front, right? No stripes. Yeah. The red, the red, the white, and the blue. You know the what I'm talking blue? about? No, bro. I'm gonna I'm gonna send you a picture. This is gonna bother me. All right, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna explain it when I get the picture to everyone. I'm gonna I'm gonna post it in the chat so everyone in YouTube can see. It is blue, it is red. Blue and red. What is this man talking about? Hold on, let's do this. Right Boom. Could you could you click on that? Where is that? In the comments? Vince Carter, New Jersey Nets, Mitchell, uh, and Ness Group. For those who are listening and watching, I'm talking about a jersey. It's fully blue. Can't, you can't they can't with, click it by the way. I know, but fully fully blue with it's it's on I feel like I'm taking crazy bills, Pete. You are. Did you look at it? Could you tell him what I it is? I can't open it. Let me see in the oh. private chat. Let me see. That is the regular road jersey, you idiot. What are you talking about? That's the regular road jersey. It just says New Jersey on the front. Yeah, that's it. And then uh, eventually they got rid of that jersey, and they went to the red one that said Nets on the front. But, yeah, that's the regular road jersey from the finals years. Idiot. <laughs> Listen, Pete, I'm not beautiful, and I don't have brains. You're stupid. All right? yes. I got nothing going for me. Other I'm than a, you're stupid. This fireside nets. We're out. Other than a ridiculous jump shot, I have nothing going for me. And anyone who wants to test that, check out my TikTok. Uh, all right. And then the last bit of advice for um, the Nets marketing team, hire fireside nets to do post-game coverage. That seems like a Facts. no-brainer, right, Pete? Yeah, I think the people should start like promoting this. I think you know that's something at least I can get the back of their really cool guys as far as like talking about the game. And one of the guys is beautiful, I heard. Yeah, and one of the guys uh, can't describe jerseys on podcasts, <laughs> and I think he might have learning issues. But that's okay. At least I'm I'm man enough to admit it. Um, okay. And yeah, I was yeah. I was think, what do you say? Yeah, we all mess up sometimes. It's okay, man. And I mess up a lot. Just just ask my three X Ys. And um, Pete, <laughs> I do want to close out the podcast with with saying this. I think I can beat Ben Simmons in a three point competition. I think you're wrong. Ben Simmons, if you're listening, I respect you. I think you're one of one of the best big guards in the last 20 years. I, I you know, I've never played division 1 sports, anything. I've never even played high school basketball. Can you get in his head? Can you talk shit? No, I don't want to even do that. I just think that I can I can hit more three-pointers mm. than you. If you give us each uh 30 three-pointers, I think I can make more than you. Just a thought, not a challenge. I'm here when you need me. Spend Harris Fireside Nets. All right, Pete. Good episode. Strong. A little long, but that's okay. We're, we're in the thick of things now, guys. Me and Pete got a lot to say. Yeah, man. Uh, should, should I do my little spiel before we head out? You want to do your spiel? Let me do my little spiel. You can By follow the way, the word, the word spiel, y- Yiddish, I love it. Spiel is a great word. I'm with it. At NetFans You Know, podcast at NetFans You Know. Uh, I have Doug Barrick joining me for this episode. I got a couple of guests. This podcast is turning into more of a I'm getting different net fans coming in rather than having a regular co-host. So if you want to come on the show, hit me up, check out the YouTube and uh, listen to Fireside Nets also. Well, yeah, they're listening to Fireside Nets right now. Continue listening. 
continue listening. Uh, Doug <laughs> Barrick, former guest of the show. He's been on a few times. Um, and shout out to the city of Brooklyn, you, you know, city of uh, the Dodgers, uh, the guys who like, right, the feet lovers, uh, you know, everyone in Brooklyn rocks. My brother lived there for a little bit. He's back in Manhattan. But uh, we love the city of Brooklyn. We love the Brooklyn Nets. And we love everybody who listens to this this freaking outrageous Thank you. podcast. Thanks again. And, and as always, I'll catch you on the fireside.